Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time for the most anticipated show of the week. It's time for your favorite weekend show. I mean, there are other shows. But it's also time for Jeremy Lambert's Bachelor Party. Is that, is that what we're doing here today? Yeah. Yeah, I ordered some... Uh, Strippers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say it, but I ordered some I ordered some people to come to your door. Hookers and, and blow. Not that far. I don't think we're uh, wrestlers yet. <laughs> I've taken a bump. Run the ropes. Uh, do you want to get specific with those terms? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I have oh, legitimately run the ropes in a wrestling ring at an independent show. So I've, I've legitimately do that. I didn't, I didn't say I did it good. I said I did it well, but I have run the ropes and I have fallen in the ring. Very gently, I took it like a Shivani bumped for for MJF the other the other week. Just kind of did like the the stumble and land on yeah. the knee and kind of back bump, and then you're good. I got the action Bronson contract, buddy. I ain't taking I ain't taking no no falls, no falling in my contract. You you think that was a real thing? The action Bronson no bumping contract. I mean, I watched the match and. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I, hey, I'm not disagreeing with anybody who thinks that there was a no bump scenario in that agreement. I'm just saying well, he was smart. Honestly, man, yeah. is very smart. If that's what if if that was the case, made sure he's like, yeah, don't ain't fucking falling around out here. I'll I'll do my own falls off of off of moves, but otherwise, no, ain't working like that. Hey man, one wrong bump and you hurt your larynx and you can't go on tour with your band, but you can still yell at people for an hour every single week on TNT. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Newsworthy. Wow. It's the show where we have our top five articles of the week that either flew by your newsfeed or stuck around for a while. Jeremy Lambert, there was a good amount of stuff in the news this week. And I think the stories that uh, you've picked are very diverse, are very different, are very fun. Uh, anything you want to add before we dive right into it? I thought I sucked this week and didn't do a great job and it was kind of slow. Well, I think you're wrong. So let's dive into it. Number five. Chris Jericho says John Moxley had an idea for Eddie Kingston's gasoline spot talks throwing fireballs. Uh, Jericho was on the AEW Unrestricted podcast and it's Jericho. You hear a lot of him uh, in interview form, but he did. Uh, drop a couple of fun little nuggets during this interview with Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards on the Unrestricted podcast. Uh, talk to me, Jeremy. What uh, what did Jericho say that changed the writing this week? Oh, I always enjoy Chris Jericho interviews, whether I'm listening to his own podcast or whether I'm listening to him get interviewed. He's always, sometimes he'll tell the same story that he's told a million times. Uh, so in that sense, it's like, all right, I've heard this before, but he always drops something, whether it's just an easy headline or whether it's a little anecdote that can, can be turned into an article. He always gives you something. And that's what I appreciate about Chris Jericho. This was recorded, I believe before it wasn't before all out. Cause they just talked about the, the Jericho Moxley match at, at quake by the lake. So I guess that was before. All I think out. it was the night before all out was the interview. I think for, it, yeah. For this, for this uh, unrestricted episode. I, I think it was too because Jericho faced Danielson at All Out, and they didn't like talk about how that match went or anything. And he mentioned like he he mentioned Punk 
in the interview. And I feel like he'd be persona non grata if this interview was recorded after all out. And there is, there is at one point they mentioned something about all out and it's like, Oh, that's tomorrow night or something. So yeah, I do think it was uh, technically before all out. Uh, but the, as far as this article goes, so that gasoline spot in anarchy in the arena where Eddie Kingston comes out looking like a zombie with the, with the gas can and he's going to pour it all over Jericho and Danielson. That was a, one of the big talking points coming out of Anarchy in the arena. And Jericho just says like, Hey, this was John Moxley's idea of like, Hey, I think this would be cool, which not surprising that John Moxley would come up with something like this. Uh, and not surprising that Eddie Kingston would be like, yeah, this does sound awesome. Let's fucking do it. So that was a little anecdote. And then the, the fireball story was probably the more interesting thing. I just kind of led with the, gasoline stuff because that's how the story went but the the fireball stuff where he talks about yeah i'll just throw i'll just throw a fireball i'll call myself a wizard he said he had to get a magician's license in las vegas to like do this and it didn't arrive in time so they technically had to go outside of las vegas to like do this gimmick now uh to throw the fireball at the staff member so that's where that was recorded and he hasn't done the fireball in a while. Now he's, you know, ROH Chris Jericho just haven't got a banger matches and stuff. He's no longer wizard, but he mentions it is like, it's part of like the can now. Like if I want to come back and like throw a fireball, I can do it. And people are like, ah, Chris Jericho. Cause he talks about the list all the time. He, he says like, I'll never bring it back. I'll never do that. I'll never be that guy again. But like if he did by chance, people will be like, ah, Chris Jericho and his list. Like, yes, I remember this. Jericho, he said it a million times, but like he just gets shit over and he's very good at capitalizing off the shit that he gets over and he can always call back to that stuff anytime he wants and people will pop for it because he does such a great job of getting it over. I don't know if he'll ever say a little bit of the bubbly ever again, but you remember that as a Jericho phrase and if he does decide to bring it back, people are like, ah, that Chris Jericho, like I remember that. He's, He's good at this. Like he's very good at this. This pro wrestling stuff. Bless that man. When he was told by Jesse Ventura as a kid, always have a fallback plan, and his fallback plan was a journalism major. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jericho knew what he was going to do in life. And you're right. He he's so he is really good at this. I listen. I give a lot of shit to Chris Jericho, especially on the internet. There are certain things about him that I don't love, but as a performer, as a wrestler, as as a creative person, yeah, the dude is just so good. Like he he's they always talk about uh, reinventing himself, and and clearly it's what he does. And even you know what? Even when he fails at those things, so GFY is a pretty good example of that. He at least he owns up to it and says like, "Yeah, it was dumb. I'm not going to do that again." So you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to. Uh, trying these new things because because some people will just rest on their laurels forever and he said it himself if you found me when i was doing the list that's great if you found me afterwards like people hop on and off the train is how he put it in that interview and i think that's a pretty good way to look at jericho's career people jumping on and off the train i mean the man is 51 years old and having some of the best matches of his career like it it, it says something he the longevity that, that he has, you know, the goat thing, you can debate that until the cows come home about whatever, who you think, what your criteria is and everything. You can't argue that Jericho's longevity and creativity and lasting power and marketability and ability to stay on top or near the top 
pretty much throughout his entire, at least the last few decades, is is up there with anybody. Like, it, it is honestly second to none. Like, I, I won't even say up there with anybody. It's honestly second to none. I think the only other comparisons, maybe Taker, because Taker was up at top for a while. He didn't reinvent himself as much as, as Jericho. He was certainly... They just, he was dead man in outside of the, the the American badass run. Match quality is night and day between the two of, of what they were able to accomplish. But there there aren't people who have this type of longevity and just high quality shit that Chris Jericho has had. This is my last question before we move on. It's very important and I need your opinion and I need your expectations. Chris Jericho says he now has a magician's license. He can throw fireballs. He can do the do the magic in the city of Las Vegas, as it were. Uh, you're backstage at AEW. Chris Jericho is like, all right, everyone, gather around. I'm going to show you the magic. I'm going to saw someone in half from this roster. Who from the AEW roster gets sawed in half by Chris Jericho? And who is the magician's assistant? Anna Jay would have to be the magician's assistant, right? That's like, right. That's that's the only person. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she used to come out with like the, the hat and everything. She yeah, looked like oh, a magician's yeah. assistant early in her run. Who gets yep. salt? Like who like willingly volunteers the assault in that? Probably Sammy Guevara. He'd be like, yeah, sure. This sounds great. <laughs> He's just blindly trusting Chris Jericho to song. Yeah. That. Yes. That sounds like a Sammy Guevara thing. He's crazy. He's a little bit out there, and and you know, he's willing to do dumb shit for the pop. So it, he definitely trusts Jericho. He loves Chris Jericho. It, it's got to be Sammy Hager. Guevara. I think, I think it's, it's Hager. Hager. Nah, yeah. Hager. You can I think, say I think Jericho calls Hager over, and it's just like you're going to do it. And Hager's like, "Are you sure? What do we want to do this?" And Jericho's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're good. Don't worry about it." He and calls, he calls he goes, Sammy he over. Hager. Hager is smart. All right, that man. He. Didn't even show up for this little party on on <laughs> they, Wednesday. They, they couldn't find a suit his size. That's all. <laughs> he wrestles like once once a month, if that. That's very generous. I think he re- like Hager is smart. He's got a new deal. Probably got a raise and stuff. Nah, Hager is like I ain't doing that. Like pick Sammy. <laughs> Hager's pushing Sammy to to take this spot, but Sammy's gonna willingly do it anyway. Definitely Sammy. That's fair. It's got to be someone from outside of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Leave your comment. Let us know who you think Jericho would saw in half of the backstage of AEW. Let's move on. Number four. Michael Oku would like to wrestle at Pro Wrestling Revolver and Deadlock Pro. Jeremy Lambert, that headline is a mouthful because of the name Pro Wrestling Revolver wrestle in the same like vicinity. <laughs> Either way, Michael Oku gave a very, very interesting, very good answer. All good. Gave a really good interview to Candice Cordelia of uh, PWI's Rising Star Series. Talk to me about it. We tried to uh, spotlight some uh, spotlight every Thursday at 930 a.m. Eastern on the uh, Fightful channel. We try to spotlight some creators and some wrestlers that people may not know. So tell me all about Michael Oku and Candice Cordelia. So I, Michael Oku has kind of risen to a little bit of prominence this year. Thanks to the match against Will Ospreay. Um, and Rev Pro, and I'm pretty sure that got five stars. So people have heard a little bit more about Oku. He he's done some American shots, but but not many. And then Candice Correa um, with, with PW Insider, she does the, this series like the Rising Stars series, and she's interviewed Oku. She's interviewed um, Nick Wayne. 
and uh, Jazzy Yang and, and a couple others. It's only it's only a few episodes deep. And th- this is a good little series if you just don't know about these people. I think most people know about Nick Wayne at, at this point. Jazzy Yang is Jimmy Wayne Yang's daughter. Uh, like some people maybe know about her. Uh, and, and Michael Oku, get, if, unless you follow like kind of the the uh, the Will Osprey thing, maybe you you haven't heard about him. So I like the little series they put together for for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and, and it's very. Like the, the question is very like this is an interview series for people who if you've never heard of this person, you know, how did you get into wrestling? Where do you want to wrestle? Who do you want to wrestle? Tell me about like your favorite moments and and stuff. It's very uh what, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Introductory. Uh like it's it's an introductory type series. And that's great. Like I think it's good for people who like, hey, I've never heard of this person. Let me check this out. So I, I like the little series they put together. And I like this answer because as I try to cover more independent wrestling, as the spotlight tries to spotlight a lot of different stuff, uh, including independent wrestling, I mean, people talk about like Wrestling Revolver and, and Deadlock Pro. And Wrestling Revolver is Sammy Callahan's promotion. I think they they do good stuff. Uh, Swerve is there a lot. They they do a, Moxley has, has popped up there a few times. So Callahan's got ins with a lot of people and a lot of different promotions and uh it, it was a big promotion before the pandemic where where wrestlers would go and then coming out of the pandemic it, it's been a, it's been a good home for people and then deadlocked is run by my guy john blood from new legacy and uh a bunch of just like content creators who were just streaming video game on twitch and now they're kind of doing their own promotion and they got a lot of top names who, who have showed up there uh Takeshka has showed up there and done stuff and that's in uh north carolina and i'm honestly Ohio is Ohio. One of the reasons I'm upset that I no longer live in North Carolina is I would really have loved to covered because it, it was like 20 minutes away from where I used to live. I would have really liked to cover Denmark a lot more uh, if I still lived in North Carolina because it was so close to me. I could have easily gone to those shows. I could have easily done just like a bunch of coverage and stuff for them. And I am a little disappointed that I now live in Ohio at least for, for that aspect of I, I not able to go to like literally every single deadlock show. So I wanted to just show some love to this interview that I'm sure no one picked up on because no one really knows Michael Oku and, you know, people don't really cover revolver and, and deadlock, but I want to show some love because I like, uh, you know, that's the point of the show to spotlight some of this stuff. And I hope, I hope Oku gets some bookings out of this. I hope Deadlocked and Revolver are contacting him and are like, hey, heard you're interested. Saw this interview. You know, what can we work out here? So if it leads to Oku getting booked in one of these promotions, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but I will feel good that he got something out of this because I don't know if anybody would have, if this would have been on a radar if, you know, we didn't cover it. So uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver, if he shows up there, He'll probably be on impact within a month or a few weeks. Let's put it out there. And I'm fine with that because I cover impact for the main site uh, every Thursday after the show. And I would like to see Michael Oku on impact. If he shows up at deadlock, well, there's a lot of AEW stars that hang out around deadlock. And a lot of them uh, end up making a few appearances on dark or elevation or have an enhancement match on dynamite. If they're very special or, or, rampage uh that could happen there honestly i think he's picking his spots very carefully and he's picking his words very well because the doors open right now through those specific uh promotions am i crazy am i wrong what do you think 
No, I'm I'm with you. I mean, he mentioned that he'll wrestle like sort of anywhere. He's done uh, GCW before, and he did mention yeah. GCW as well. He was just at Garden State not too long ago, and they're a new promotion. But Josh Alexander has, has shown up there. So yeah, he he's going after sort of the the more well known, I guess. I guess indies. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's got to make that money. Got to look for if you're if you want to end up in one of the the bigger promotions. These are good little inroads to make here. Whoever is calling, I'll answer is how the quote finishes. And I think that's Fair. perfect for him. Looking yeah. forward to seeing where Michael Oku lands. And you know what? If he shows up on a uh, on a well-known uh, program, then we're going to have to go back to this article and to that interview and just show people, hey, there's more about this guy that you can find. So there you go. Let's move on to number three. Uh, stark difference here. Ricky Morton says the Rock and Roll Express's last match will be in the NWA. I've talked to Billy Corgan about it. Uh, Ricky Morton was uh, part of the NWA recently. I mean, listen, historically, you know, Rock and Roll Express, NWA, it's been well established. Uh, but recently, Ricky Morton is there because his son, Kerry Morton, is also wrestling for the promotion. Uh, I don't hate the idea of the Rock and Roll Express finishing up their run in the NWA of all places. At least there's history there. At least there's a reason to do it, uh, unlike certain main event decisions that have been made recently in the, the National Wrestling Alliance. Jeremy Lambert, speaking to Insider's Edge, Ricky Morton, talk to me. I kind of figured if Rock and Roll Express were going to do one last match, it'd probably be NWA, unless they could you know, convince Tony to get him on AEW or something and then they, they get a big national match out of it but it, it's funny that they announced this farewell tour in january of this year and they didn't give dates or anything it was just farewell tour that's it we don't know when it's gonna end but we don't know where just farewell tour and he even says like it'll probably end like july or june of next year so it's like uh, an 18 month farewell tour what's sure hey eh? cool like he said you know we got to make a lot of towns they're probably making some of the best money they've ever made because he even says it in an interview like you know we didn't make a lot back in the day and you know who knows what they spent all that money on back in the day now they're looked at as legends because they are and their booking fees probably probably pretty nice though so it's like we want to just make a bunch of towns and everything well bless them Let's get that money uh but yeah nwa it makes sense that that would be where the last match is i he didn't give a date, an exact date. He didn't give an opponent. Who knows? But he's talked to Billy Corgan about it. NWA can pop something out of this, of like Rock and Roll Express's last match, especially if you can get like a high-profile team as the last opponent. I don't know where FTR will be at next year, but I'm sure FTR will be chomping at the bit. Like, yeah, let me, let's let's get in there for this. Let us do this. So, hey, I, I like Ricky Morton. I was... A lot of time with these older interviews, and we, we talked about it with uh, with Jerry Lawler a couple weeks ago. A lot of times with these older interviews, they tell stories that you've either heard before, like they're good stories. Like you can make like an article out of it because it's it's just an evergreen story. That hey, let me tell you about the, my time in WCW, or let me tell you about my this title win or whatever. It's like okay, cool, I can run that whenever I want to run it. But a lot of times with these older older guys. You don't always get like a timely story out of it. And this is one of the, the cases where I got a nice little timely story out of Ricky Morton. So when it, whatever the last match is, whenever it happens, it seems like it's going to happen in NWA, uh, Rock and Roll Express. The fact that they're still going today and, and still, you know, performing at a good level, especially for how old they are, bless them. 
I have to, I have to read this quote. There's, and, and you, you kind of touched on it. He says, there are so many places we have on our farewell, farewell tour. I guess it's going to turn into Kiss's farewell tour and go on for 14 years because there are so many places we haven't been or we need to go back. Uh, I don't think it's the Kiss farewell tour, Jeremy. I think it's a Rolling Stones farewell tour where they do it every few years until they finally decide to call it quits. And guess what, Jeremy Lambert? The Rolling Stones are still performing here in 2022. So clearly, Rock and Roll Express, they'll be around forever. Forever! Forever! Sorry, that's the wrong guy. Uh, Either way, listen, like I said, NWA is the right landing place for their final match whenever it happens, and they just have to find the right team and listen the fixers everyone's, they're gonna face everyone's the saying fpr I, exactly they're it's gonna be the team of carrie morton and like flip gordon or some shit oh, like it's just gonna be oh, it's gonna be the team of tyrus and no. carrie morton somehow wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 10 no, pounds of gold. Number- don't put that out there. Don't even put that out there. It's true. I have a penchant for doing this. I mean, if they want to guarantee they retire after the match, sure, they'll put Tyrus in there because he's liable to just fuck things up. Oh, God, I'm glad. Shout out to Mims. I hope Mims gets better. (laughs) I'm glad that we both went there. Mims came back. He had a match. Did he? he, Yeah, I think he came back. So shout out to Mims because he's just a great wrestler. (laughs) Let's get that out of the way. Put up with Tyrus, yeah. Oh, lucky seven. Here's lucky number two. Drew McIntyre says, not all of the singing with Tyson Fury was supposed to air at Clash of the Castle. Jeremy Lambert, when it happened at Clash of the Castle, that Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury started singing uh, American Pie, and then they started singing uh, an Oasis song. What, what, what were they singing? Um, I don't remember. Uh, don't don't look back in anger. That's the song. My brain had a, a moment. If it ain't champagne supernova, I don't fucking know it. That's a good song. It's fun. It, you just that you just rules. ride the ace. You just ride the 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 chord the A chord for the entire time. Anyway, um, when it happened live, I sat there saying they're killing time because the production truck is finishing up the uh, the rap video the finish like the, the highlight package for the show that they were going to show at the end of the show uh, I just said show like four times in, in one sentence very good for me good job Soraya thank you uh, I am the revolution of the revolution of the revolution and Drew McIntyre speaking to the Hollywood Raw podcast talking about this segment and that not all of it was supposed to air the way it was talk to me Jeremy Lambert so I, I always joke about how many Drew McIntyre interviews there are because there are a ton. Uh, but but bless Drew. Kind of like Jericho, it kind of gives you a new story every single time. And this was a different type of podcast because the Hollywood Raw guys, it's not a wrestling podcast. They were asking like a lot of kind of off the wall questions. And I like that. Um, they, they They were familiar enough with wrestling but they didn't just try to like dive too much into the wrestling. It was it was a good conversation. I, I've never listened to this podcast before, at least through memory, I haven't. But actually, if I didn't have to listen to three million wrestling podcasts, 
all day. This would be a podcast that I feel like I'd probably just enjoy because they were good, just conversational interviews. So shout out to the, the Hollywood raw uh, podcast. This McIntyre touched on like the singing thing a couple times throughout this interview. And I feel like he was almost trying to just like get them to ask about it. But because they weren't as familiar with wrestling, they just kind of, it didn't, it didn't like strike them as anything because he, he mentions uh, earlier on in the interview was like, Oh, I just sang with Tyson Fury. And they just like moved on of like, all right, that just seems like something that happens. Why is this a big deal? Like, you know, I, I don't get it. And then they, the, the question that, that set this up was like, is there anything that embarrassing that happened to you in the ring? And he starts talking about different stuff. And then he goes into like, yeah, nothing is really like embarrassing. And then he's like, again, I started singing with Tyson Fury. And then he kind of gives a little bit more color to it of like, I don't know how much that was supposed to air, but people had comments about it. And like to me, whatever, I, like maybe I was supposed to be upset, but I can do this. I can come back and then be serious later. And it was just interesting to hear his take because there was a lot of discourse around the, the airing of this and like, oh, this made McIntyre look a certain way. This was stupid. How much was supposed to air? There were different stuff of like all that was supposed to air. People are saying none of it was supposed to air and they just fucked up and then cut the feed. Now McIntyre is coming out and say like, I don't think all of it was supposed to air. Who knows where the, where the truth is on this. But to my knowledge, this was the, the first time that like anybody who was actually involved in that whole thing gave a direct sort of comment on it. And oh, that I thought it was newsworthy because of that, but also I kind of just liked the, like the interview and I tried to provide the the context of him going back and saying when he was, you know, dressed up as like a baby in a diaper or a toga as part of three man band. And he thought back then, like, Oh, what the fuck I'm this serious wrestler by doing this. And now he has the perspective of, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Like I can do it and it's fun and it's all about the entertainment. And then I can come back and be serious and who cares? Like, haha, I'm Drew McIntyre. I'm comfortable in my own skin. So I like the perspective from McIntyre. There's there's a lot of different kind of layers and, and threads to, to his answer. New Year's baby, Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. When did wonderful. this happen? I, I don't know. But it, so he was a member of 3MB, he says, and it was an untelevised yeah. event. So you have to assume it was somewhere at the end of the year in like, I guess, when was he when was he in 3MB? Was it like the 20, early 2010s? Oh, like terrible years. Sure. So, someone will hit us up in the comments and be like, I was at that show. And like, I mean, it's wild. I'm sure there's a photo somewhere that I'm going to go digging for. And if it's on the screen right now, then I found it. But otherwise, uh, I'm looking forward to, to looking for that photo, honestly. Uh, yeah, it's, listen, like you said, you listen to a lot of Drew McIntyre interviews, and once in a while, he'll, uh, he'll pull out something different and something fresh. And this is something fresh. This is, this is a, good, uh, a good article and a good story. So kudos, Jeremy Lambert. Kudos. Thanks. Drew McIntyre's got to say something in some of these interviews. That's right. Otherwise, he's just speaking to the void about Tyson Fury. Nah, I like I like Drew. Shout out to to Drew who does all of these interviews, and he wants to do them, and he wants to he wants to do them because he likes getting out there and doing these media, and not everybody wants to do that shit. So bless Drew McIntyre. Him and the Miz, those two guys are always going to be viewed as like the call them up at six in the morning to do media, and they'll never say no. They'll never bat an eyelash. Just go for it. So good for them. Reaches into the camera. That was a that was a big thing. I heard that story. I'm pretty sure he told that story on this podcast. We, broke the fourth wall and reached into the camera. 
we don't have to talk about the length of your fingers here. Let's move on to number one. Very Are you long. ready? They're very long, especially the thumb. I don't, I don't. Anyway, uh, number one. I sorry because you because you did this um, with. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna try not to peek. So frustrated with lack of AEW TV time. NXT 2.0 bound. Heat with Chucky e. T's mom. Are we looking at 2.0 Jeremy Lambert? Is this what's going on? I read this so, and I didn't. We're not going to talk. Don't, don't even talk about the very last line of this article. No, this is a this is a very honest and truthful article. There, not, everything that RJ City talks about, everything RJ City does is completely serious. It's never once been uh, a bit. Uh, trust me, I know. I have an interview with RJ City up where he speaks at me for fifteen minutes. I get it. I know what this is about. So tell me why Sue never got the graphic and tell me why she's going to 2.0. Let's go. 2.0. So I listen to your Canadian. You could probably say it better than me. Hey, hey, you. Is that how do you? Yeah, that's exactly how you pronounce it. Okay. Hey, you. Sure. Hey, hey, you. I don't know. Um, hey, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, how I do RJ City's fantastic. I never once had a conversation with the man. I remember back in the day, Sean was like, "Oh, you got to meet RJ City." It was when we were, It was like 2019, um, and RJ City was supposed to be at, at WrestleCade that year that we were going. And then he, he got he pulled from it. He got pulled. Whatever happened happened, but he didn't end up going. But Sean was so excited for me to meet RJ City. He's like, "You guys are just gonna get along great. It's gonna be fantastic." And I've never met him. I don't know if he knows who I am, even though I think we've interacted a little bit on Twitter, uh, but yeah, never met him. I find him hilarious. I, I, I love the, the, the series he does with AEW, whether it's the, the wrestlers in cars or whether, whether it's this. So he does this interview and they talk about Sue and RJ is just doing a bit, doing, doing some baity stuff, which is fine by me. I think it's, I think it's uh, hilarious and I think it's great. But the, the big thing about this is I could have easily headlined this as, oh, Chucky e. T or not Chucky e. T. Trent says Sue has been wondering when she's coming back to AEW, right? Like that's an actual headline, a, a factual headline that I can put out there and it, it still write the article the same. But people, you know, aren't always going to read the article. They're just going to read the headline. Uh, so it would the article would wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have needed the little disclaimer at the bottom. Uh, but I decided to be very bold and see if I could write this as essentially a a clickbait dirt sheet. I don't like that term, but just like drama filled nonsense headline. This is a very so. I, I like to tell people uh, sort of how my news brain works. And if you're trying to get into news writing and stuff, the stuff you can maybe get away with or you can't get away with. Uh, it A lot depends on the site you write for. And I do have good freedom here at Fightful to, to get away with certain stuff. But I was very hesitant on this. I was not going to just submit this with nothing. So I messaged Sean. I write the I write the article. I did the headline and everything just like that. And I messaged Sean. I was like, can I run this Sue article like this? And I, I send it to him. It's very clear. He did not read it. He did not read the headline or anything. He's like, yes, of course. And I'm just like, with that headline, Sean, this is, he was having phone problems this day. It was in the middle of the Bengals game. Like 
he trusts me. He doesn't give a shit. It's fine. Um, but it was just very clear. He didn't read it. And um, he's like, yes, of course. I was like, with that headline. And he's like, well, what does it say? I was like, what do you mean? What does it say? You said I could run it. <laughs> so, oh, I literally copy and paste the entire headline, the entire article to him and a text message. And like, here's the entire thing. Because I, I just had it saved in our drafts on the back end. So I, I copy and paste it to him in a text message. He's like, here is the whole thing. And he's like, just put a disclaimer on it. I was like, all right, I'll put a disclaimer at the bottom. So people are not confused as to, Oh, Fightful is trying to clickbait and start drama. I figured because it's like Sue involved, like people aren't going to be like, Oh, this is a huge deal. Like what is Fightful trying to stir up with Sue of all people? You know, if I, if RJ city does this bit with, let's just replace a name CM Punk in there. I can't get away with this headline at all. There's no way I can get away with this headline. I don't, I think RJ is smart enough not to do that. This is just all hypothetical, but yeah, I can't get away with it at all. And I wouldn't have tried to get away with it because of the people who were involved. I just tried to push it a little bit. It was fine. Everybody who read it based on the comments and the quote tweets that I saw, they thought it was funny. They understood the joke. They realized like, ah, ha ha. There's no actual like, nonsense here um oh yeah even rj commented of like you know credit me with the scoop thanks for crediting me or whatever so i thought it was a fun little story to do uh, on a sunday uh sunday was a a big day with this steven jensen breaking some news teaming up with the the buddy matthews stuff so i was i was very curious of how much i could get away with on this article and i was happy that i was able to to write it in this manner and i like that we're able to do fun little like bit articles like this that they can just pop the people so it was fun habitual line stepper jeremy lambert <laughs> <laughs> but it's true it, it, for sue this works for anybody else almost anybody else it doesn't yeah. if, if if they were an active wrestler it's like starting to shake the line a little bit and then if they're like superstar legends, yeah, you can't do it. But it's true. Like, whatever. Wrestling is fun. Wrestling is silly and it's stupid sometimes. So why not be able to play off of that? The news sometimes can be a bit of a joke. Like, I'm saying, like, the 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 ability to write a story like this, sometimes it, the levity, it just makes it better. And that's what we are here for. The literally on the Twitter, the Fightful Twitter, we've had to change the description. This was a while ago of, like... Some articles are kayfabe, uh, you know, it's graphs, have fun. Like, yeah, don't take everything serious. And people, I've said this before, but like people who are like, how is this news? Oh, slow news day and stuff. Well, yeah, it's a Sunday, football's on. It kind of was a slow news day. Like outside of the, the Buddy Matthews stuff, not much was going on that day. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, slow news day and everything. It's like, I write enough serious stuff. I cover enough actual news throughout the day throughout the week that yeah sometimes i'm gonna write about brian danielson looking out flaccid penises and shit sometimes i'm gonna write fake backstage drama involving sue because if it's out there like this if it's said by these people if it's done in this manner it's not like i'm making shit up you can listen to the Danielson interviews yourself. You can listen to this episode with RJ City and best friends yourself. See how it's all in context and everything. And if I want to write about this stuff, just let me have fun with it. Just let me write about it. 
as long as we're getting the stuff that needs to be covered done. And I promise you nine out of 10 times we're getting the stuff that needs to be covered done. Sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. Sometimes we might miss stuff or maybe we don't cover it is the way people want us to cover it. But we cover more transcription stuff than on a day-to-day basis than anybody else out there. And we find more transcription stuff, like what people will consider news on a day-to-day basis than anybody else out there. Sometimes I, I, I may have said this before. I don't know. I'm saying it now. Sometimes I just write for myself. I will cover the important stuff. I will make sure the important stuff gets out there. And Fightful has a good reputation when it comes to that stuff. Sometimes I just need to pop myself and take a break from that and write articles like this because it keeps me sane when doing the job. Anyone in a creative field will understand that statement. If I'm playing music with the band and it's the same songs every single night or it's the same set list, whatever it is, guess what? When I get home, probably going to want to play something completely different that makes me happy. Otherwise, the creativity and the fun is gone. This is an opportunity to enjoy yourself and to make this a little bit more fun for you and break from the mundane of just breaking the stories you would normally do or, or write the stories you would normally write. It's uh, it's a good way to be. I, I think it's good to blow off steam every once in a while. And that's why we do this show, because we sometimes blow off some steam and yell at people. Today, though, we were pretty <laughs> tame, Jeremy. We didn't go off I, on I'm, anyone. I'm I'm in a I'm in a good I'm in a good mood. Eminem has has a line. Uh, I, I don't remember the name of the song. I'll look it up here in a second. But he's like, give me, give me a mic. I'll write songs for me. Fuck what you like. And sometimes I just think about that. It's like, I'll write articles for me. Fuck what you guys like. I was still, it pops people. I get it. But again, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta do stuff that makes you happy. Right? Yeah, of course. But every, everything that you do, you're kind of doing it because like, there's a piece of you in it. You're, you are writing for you in a way. Like you're writing to your standards and to your satisfaction. The content you know, as much as it matters in the context of what we're talking about here, doesn't matter because you're writing to your standard. Whatever the story is, it has to fit within your uh, your your standard of writing and what makes you happy and what makes you satisfied as a professional. And that's how I see it. Am I wrong? Do you agree? What do you think? Uh, yeah, you've gotta you've gotta do stuff that just makes you happy because a lot of times the stuff that makes you happy is going to, it, that's going to translate and others are going to find enjoyment in that as well. Because if you're having fun with it, people are going to pick up on that. If you are just not having fun and you're just mundane and you're just going through the motions and whatever, people are going to pick up on that too and be like, well, maybe they're good at it, but they clearly just don't care. So I'm not invested in this. And I think like that, it, that does translate in what we do. Because when I write Brian Danielson, penis articles or mjf penis articles or whatever silly article i feel like writing people can say for every slow news day why is this news whatever for every one of those comments there's like 10 comments who you get the like meme reactions or they're popping or they're tagging me and it's like oh this is so funny like jeremy's having fun and everything i got a fucking t-shirt made out of this stuff Joel Pearl, like when you're having fun with it and you're doing this kind of stuff, people pick up on it. So yeah, I maybe I, I maybe I felt like I was being a little bit harsh, like, oh, I just write the articles for me. Fuck what everybody else likes. I write the articles for me and I hope people enjoy it. And for the most part, they do. And if they don't, that's okay because 
90% of people just do enjoy it. And the number might even be higher than that. And I enjoy it as well. So I'm not trying to dismiss of like, I'm only writing this shit for me. The point is sometimes you just kind of got to do stuff that's sort of, that may just start just for you and people will pick up on it and they will find some enjoyment in all of that. Don't try to try to write to your audience, but just don't try to appease all of that. Just kind of do what you're doing and the audience will follow you with that. Hopefully you've all followed us here at Newsworthy and hopefully you've been enjoying the show for the last few weeks that we've been doing it. Uh, Jeremy, as your, your last uh, your last weekend as a no, single is, is kind of a silly word to use, but let's face it. Officially, Ringless. Ringless. I think, I mean, listen, my ring sits like on a You know a who's got a ring, really Joel Pearl? The 2022 Stanley Cup Stanley champion, Cup Colorado champion. Avalanche. Well, I have a feeling it's the Ottawa Senators year. He's going to say for the next 25 years. Anyway, Jeremy, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in a, in a couple of days. Well, really, by the time I said this drops, it'll be hours. So uh, we'll be we'll be together hanging out. Looking forward to that. Um, let's get out of here. Appreciate you. Plug your stuff. I don't know. Don't follow me on Twitter, please. Uh, I don't want any more Twitter followers. But Just send me all your money. Fightful. Follow, follow at Fightful. Just follow the Fightful account. But send me all your money as a wedding gift, like all of it, just whatever money you have, please give it to me as a wedding gift. Uh, and when you get married, I will send you all of my money as a wedding gift. That's that's the deal we, we will make here. Um, Fightful Overbooked, we got we got shows, we're, we're doing stuff, we're doing things. Uh, new episode of, are you guys recording Sunday? Buddy, we're, we're going to be live Sunday, noon Eastern. Tim and I are going to be talking wrestling and uh, we'll be sitting in an Airbnb hoping the internet doesn't suck. I'm going to do a run-in on that show just hours before I get married. Just pop Listen, in. if somehow you have the time and ability, you know where we're staying. I'm going to do it. I might be from my phone. I might. I have no idea, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it. Um, so the Tag Talk, I believe, will be up this week. Uh, I'm glad everybody in Florida is is doing well. At least, the you know, if you're not doing well, I'm sorry. Uh, the... The, the pals that we have in Florida, they seem to be gotten through the worst of it. So I'm happy to hear that. And if anything happened to you in Florida, I'm sorry you're affected. And I j- hope everybody is safe. Um, I don't know. That's it. Rachel, the spotlight, yeah. 930 Eastern Thursdays, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Everyone follow Steve Jensen at Fight Talk underscore, underscore uh, and trust him with your secrets. It's true. He will, he will keep your secrets. He knows where the bodies are buried. He does. That's true. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I don't know where the bodies are buried. And if you would tell me, it'll probably be on Newsworthy next week. But we'll see you then. Cheers. Hello. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.